Hello and welcome to the Great Longboat Podcast. I am Igor, your host, moderator, and only permanent member of the band Longboat. Today we exploit the track Your Hair Smells Like Bacon from 2014's Untitled Vanity Project. And you know, sweet people, in ordinary times, I would probably be going into the studio tomorrow. Uh, that has been the habit, that has been the tradition. Um, for every year since 2012, except for 2018, and every single one last year, yep, that's that. I started recording my six albums right the day after the Super Bowl, and today is just in case you were wondering, Super Sunday, uh, Chiefs versus uh, Buccaneers. Um, I'm, I've got all kinds of nachos ready for this occasion, and that, that will mean the end of football season until uh, the late summer. And uh, yeah, and so I'll have nothing to do on Sunday except write music. So hooray. Um, but yeah, it's just, it feels very strange for February to be here, for the Super Bowl to be here, and for me not to be going into the studio with anything because the albums that I have are not done yet. And and the thing is, is, is even if I was done with them, uh, we would be, we would have to honor, you know, state, uh, high, how, the Washington State health advisories and things like that. What I want to do is if I'm going, if I'm if I'm going to have a live band there, I want to just make sure that we can, we're all vac- vaccinated, and we can all kind of be maskless. Um, not because I I don't like masks. It's just that it's I think for people, it for musicians it's easier to play without a mask, and um, so that is what I'm waiting for. Hence, we probably won't be recording the the albums that involve live instruments until this fall. But I am working on an electronic album, and I'm kind of excited about it. Um, I, I'm sort of going forward cautiously, knowing that it could be it could come to a conclusion uh, very quickly. So I'm not I'm not I'm not rushing through it I'm under no time constraints and I know I've been talking about it I've been hinting about it and I'm not really ready to talk about it because it might not even become anything I might just decide that you know let's focus on these these two other albums and uh, and shore them up uh, make sure that everything is non-cringe inducing and so far that's it's about, you know, 75% the case, but you still got that 25% that, yeah, like intros and transitions and endings where you're listening to it and it's kind of like, oh, that's terrible. That's bad. Oh, I got to change that. And, and it all has to do with putting something on a back burner for a while and then coming back to it. And then you listen to it with your ears that are constantly evolving and then suddenly you hear something that is does not sound good and you take immediate steps to change it and it's generally changed for the better once everything starts sounding ordinary and not completely out of line and wacky to your ear then that means that you are ready to go forward and record that album 
And that's not to say that there won't be times when you're, uh, when you, after you've recorded it, yeah, this is the worst thing ever. After you've recorded a song and you go back and, and there is just like this glaring, glaring error in it that you just, you just didn't hear. And then it's, it, it's, it's there forever. And every time you listen to it, it, it's there. But I will tell you this, that the more that you record and the farther away you get from that, the more accepting you are of it, the less that it, it, it really, uh, you know, makes you want to stand up and scream. And so, yeah, and that actually hasn't happened to me for a couple of years now. Um, I don't even know what the last time was. It's probably one of the Seven Hills albums because it, it was my voice acting that probably um, really kind of made made me want to, you know, hide under a pile of blankets or something. But so um, 2014, the day after the Super Bowl, um, this was actually the, the, the Super Bowl that the Seattle Seahawks won. And yeah, it was... It was a, a uh, you know, a, a wonderful romp against the Denver Broncos. I believe they won 38 to 8. Yeah, it was a, it was a total rout. And, you know, I, I didn't know how the Seahawks would do. I've always kind of considered them a an exciting yet mediocre team in, in like all aspects. And, of course, they went back to the Super Bowl the following year and lost the game at a... Um, uh, to the Patriots following a, a goal line stand where Russell Wilson was intercepted. And of course, a second guest forever by Seattle sports fans because he could have just very easily handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, who would have punched through with his, you know, uh, uh, girded loins and whatnot. He's a very, very, very muscular, big I guess what they would call him was a punishing runner. So if you if you tried to tackle him, he would hurt you. And yes, and he often did. Um, I believe he's retired now. Uh, that's which is is too bad. He's making commercials for Subway, and you know they're funny. And uh, and and he himself was was a, you know kind of a uh, had he was enigmatic. He did not like to talk to reporters because they asked him dumb questions. And, you know, he just didn't, he didn't really like to talk. And, um, and so they fined him for not doing that. And then his, his response was to answer every question with, I'm only here because I, otherwise I get fined because I don't want to get fined. Yeah, that was it. I'm, I'm here because I don't want to get fined. And they'd be like, what's your strategy for the game? I'm here because I don't want to get fined. And of course, they find him for that, too. And that was just, uh, yeah, that's, that's just the NFL being dumb. And uh, But, uh, you know, there is there has not been an, an enigmatic player like him in, in years. And I, I, I was very glad that he was on the Seattle Seahawks. But anyhow, so... Yes, I recorded this album. This album, Untitled Vanity Project, it's uh, kind of lost in the mists of time in my memory because I have recorded, uh, uh, let's see, this was my fourth album. So yeah, 19 albums since then. And um, what I wanted to do, I was working with Johnny Sangster as an engineer, and Johnny does not like um, 
electronic music. And, you know, that that is his preference and, and that's fine and everything. And I just wanted, I, I was always going to keep recording. I just thought that I might as well keep, I might as well have a happy recording engineer. And I know that there are other recording engineers out there. I don't, I no longer work with Johnny, but that was just because I I found a a more kindred soul in um, Floyd Reitzma and also Ryan Leva. And it, it was just, you know, Johnny is a very good engineer and I... And, you know, who just doesn't like electronic music? But it's not that he makes electronic music sound bad. Uh, he would just rather work with real instruments. And so um, I thought, okay, what I'm going to do here is bring as many real instruments to the game as possible. And I'm going to have something that sounds like a garage album. And, yeah, for the most part, it, it kind of... it. It stands up, of course. Of course, you know the the last track is from uh, the Seven Hills continuing saga of Seven Hills. It was is the third part out of you know many 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 parts to follow, and so that that's just hanging off the end of the album. But um, it, it the the album itself just kind of officially ends with the Age of Idiots, which is an all electronic track, which I featured t- two weeks ago, I believe. And uh, otherwise, I have not, except for Mile 359, I haven't featured anything else from this album. And yeah, it, I really wanted to have that sort of, you know, groovy, garagey feel uh, for, for a lot of the tunes and with live instruments. And then for the electronic tracks, I wanted to have something that sounded like sort of garage electronica. And, uh, and I think think it kind of it it kind of worked out uh i haven't to be honest with you i haven't listened to this in in at least a year and uh but um you know the tracks individually they sort of come back at me and and i i can remember enjoying uh recording them we recorded uh where at avast yeah we have this was at avast um uh studio in uh, Greenwood neighborhood, and uh, yeah, had, had had live musicians there. They were wonderful. Uh, some of them, they're actually completely different from the guys that I use now. And that is all that was was scheduling. I, I it, it kind of mutated over the years because one guy could make it, another guy couldn't. So I hire this guy, and it's like, ooh, this guy sounds really good with these guys. So. Eventually, I swapped all these guys out, and um, and I mean, I still do uh, record with with people um, down through from from Greater Seattle on, um, but uh, the, you know, the same people, same guest musicians, uh, pretty much from uh, Greater Seattle on, but they're all different now. Um, at, at least the the core band. And that's just that's that's showbiz, that's scheduling, that's that's them being busy because you know, of course, I'm never busy. I'm just the guy who's sitting at home, uh, writing music, wondering what what words will rhyme with with the word that I have in order to make 
a song make sense, to help a song make sense. But I did want, I, I wanted this to, to have a kind of, you know, a, a sort of groove to it, a kind of energy to it. Uh, after, uh, what was it, uh, Unpopular Songs for Unpopular People, that was my third album, that was very much on the electronic side. And I thought, okay, well, let's just, let's just bring this, make this sound more live and more lively. And so that's kind of what I've done here. And of course, there's the whole whimsical aspect about this that, you know, your hair smells like bacon. But I'll tell you something. I, last year, I got this fragrance. It's just, it's just fragrance. Um, It's not perfume or cologne or anything like that. And it's called Campfire. And it, uh, it smells, if you get that, if, if you put it on yourself, it makes you smell kind of like barbecue sauce. And I mean, yeah, I guess in certain environments, maybe like a slab of bacon, because it makes you smell like smoke. And uh, like, you know, wood smoked something or other. And, and you know, I just kind of wrote this because I, I, I thought that it would kind of sound a little crazy and whimsical and um you know I don't write love songs I but this one is is kind of a song that wants to say yeah I I kind of like things about you and most prominently uh the fact that your hair smells like bacon and you know the lyrics are not Shakespeare <laughs> Um, you know, like I say, I have to have about 70% uh, satisfaction with the lyrics. And I think for, for the, these, um, it's about 80% or so. It's not really super high. But then again, it's, uh, it, I, there's no profound emotion that I want to express and and there's no deeper meaning to the song other than, yeah, I, I I like how your hair smells like bacon. And so there you go. As for the music, you know, I I noticed that um, you know you the the garage sound is is a very sort of bar at least harmonically it's very sort of bar chord oriented. It's it's written by people who. It was originated by people who didn't know a whole lot about music, but found that, you know, if they if they had a major chord and you, they just kind of moved their hand around the guitar neck, they could make some very fun power chords, uh, powerful sounding chords, and um, that, that there was a lot of energy to this, um, uh, to non-harmonic chording. I'm, 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 it's, it's, it's non, uh, let's say non-diatonic chording. So, you know, it's like you can have C major, C major chord, E major chord, G major chord, B major chord, you know, just kind of going up by thirds in a major scale. But the thing is, is you get all these non-diatonic notes out of that. And, you know, it's fun. It's very sort of lifty. And of course, that's not what, that's not, those aren't the chords involved in, uh, the song, but but it's it's kind of the spirit that I was going uh, that I was I was trying to emulate. That you know this is written by guys who you know were just playing guitar and and it's uh, 
and having fun and in a band. Yeah, even though that's not the case of anything right here, because, you know, it's like when the session was over, I was still the only guy in the band. But uh, yeah, so this is, uh, uh, I think I'll play it for you now. Um, it, it's it's kind of, for me, it's, there's a little nostalgia here. There's a, it's a little bit blast from the past. Um, and, you know, seven, it was seven years ago at, that, um, I recorded this and uh, I I hope that it holds up for another seven or 70 or something like that. Um, but uh, you can be the judge of that. Um, all right. So with Jeff Fielder. Okay. Yeah. I'm just reading the credits here um, with uh, Jeff Fielder on guitar, Dan Walker on keyboards, Keith Lowe on bass, Mike Musburger on drums, Backing vocals are both Brandon Vance, who I actually don't remember <laughs> him being on that, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that my own liner notes are telling the truth, and Ryan Leva, who since then has become a, a very integral member of the Longboat team in that he is a, he is a wonderfully good engineer and a, and a fantastic singer and, and music, all-around musician. Um, and, and so, but he started off as a singing backup. And um, uh, Johnny Sangster, uh, he recorded and mixed this, and it was mastered by Rick Fisher at RFI, which is now Resonant Mastering. This is Your Hair Smells Like Bacon. Yeah, I like that. Yummy, yummy, 
that's one of the few songs where I get to howl at the end. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm I it was a lot of fun to record. Uh, I hope that comes through. And you know, it's it's kind of uh, when you are writing music, you generally don't ask yourself the bigger questions uh, unless you're stuck. Like, what am I trying to express with this album? And I just I have a new publicist, and he sent something about uh, album twenty one, which will be released next month in March of twenty twenty one. And I, I, uh, he he asked me, you know, what do you want to express with this album? And I was I was kind of flummoxed for a while uh, that I I didn't know. And you know, it's like, am I that disconnected from my music? What what is going on here? And then I thought about it, and it's like, no, I had there are all these political songs <laughs> and, and 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 songs that are relevant for the time. And you know, there's one called Nixon Times Nixon, which I have uh, I spotlighted here. Um, ahead of the album's release, you guys got a sneak peek at album 21. And I, you know, I only had to think about it for a while that, you know, it's you, I think I, I said something like, uh, you know, every, every song has its, it, it sort of carves out its own space, but it's united by these these string arrangements that that um, if you were to take them out, they would kind of remove the soul of the song. And and you know, ta- talking about how instrumentation is expression, and arrangement is uh, it it does it does make a huge difference in how the the tune itself is expressed. And yeah. So I, that's, that's kind of what I, I was going for. But if I think back to 2014, uh, all that I wanted here was in, in Untitled Vanity Project was tunes that sounded fun, that would be fun to record, and the musicians would have fun playing. And also that Johnny would like to record. And yeah, I mean, it might sound kind of weird that you're writing... You're writing music for your engineer, so so as to you know have make his day a little brighter, and you know maybe that uh, that's what I did to a kind of certain extent, but at the same time you know writing, doing things creatively is about evolution, and I just felt that that this was a a great way to evolve because you weren't. Like like I was saying in, in previous episodes, where people people say, "Oh, your stuff sounds like they might be giants," you know, I was I was actively trying to get away from that, and and I and and you know, there are all of these other considerations. I didn't want to be like, "Oh, you know, oh, it's that guy who sounds like they might be giants," and I felt like I, I really officially put them to rest with this album because. They might be giants. Um, tend to be more electronic. I don't know. I haven't listened to them in years, but they they were a and what I consider an a, like a full on electronic band. 
uh, maybe not so much the Malcolm in the Middle theme, but <laughs> uh, you know what whatever else um, they've done. But yeah, so I I I just I felt that this was a very vital album in the evolution. The one that came after it was Unobscure at Last, and and that was my sort of garage funk album, and not not to like appropriate. Um, uh, true funk at all. This was this was like the, uh, the funk music put through uh, sort of a white suburban upbringing, and um, and then you know of course it being a longboat album, there are both all live instrument songs and all electronic songs, and there's even in this uh, unobscured last something that's a like a made for a really small marching band and it's it's just um uh trombone and um trombone and saxophone which i i play the saxophone on this and um and it's it's just about kind of um loss of affect it's about a guy who goes through the you know like most thrilling things you could possibly go through in this universe and yeah is is kind of still very uh what they say sanguine about it he's uh you know kind of ambivalent about everything and you know i thought that was uh something that uh was something something that's endemic to our society but of course that was before everybody was getting you know going all bananas about politics and things like that and the fact that our you know nation was was sort of going down the tubes and you know and then having a pandemic and then having an economic crisis etc but um yeah hopefully better days are ahead for us all and i'm not just talking about americans i'm talking about people in the world um yeah and uh uh yeah so but uh, anyhow yeah tomorrow i get to go just on a personal note, I get to go to the doctor for the first time in like 10 years. Um, it's not that I feel bad. Um, it's just that I have to probably go see the doctor and uh, have him tell me uh, how, what's wrong with me and how much time I've got left. Uh, so I, I, I might as well I might as well do that now and not ignore it anymore. And um, yeah, but still I'm and it's a new doctor. It's funny because my the doctor i had back in the in uh you know a couple of years ago she retired and then was replaced by this guy who's very very nice but he went on to another job and now i just i'm just sort of like drawing a name out of a hat you know i hope this guy has you know clean fingernails but uh and and can also you know uh, <laughs> tell me whether i am have you know monstrously high cholesterol or uh you know uh skyrocketing blood pressure or something like that but uh, but yeah so and that's also why i'm recording this on a sunday i usually record all of these things on a monday but yeah tomorrow i'm just i, I i'm just anticipating like really bad health news uh it just because i you know it's i'm i think it's inevitable because you know here i was ignorance is bliss Going, going blithely along um, life's curving path, and uh, 
and you know i'm 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 sure that there's something wrong with me i just you know i'm i'm part slavic and slavs always anticipate the worst and of course i'm doing that right now but anyhow um if you have any comments or questions you can email me at longboatpodcast all one word at gmail.com you can stream everything that i've released so far at bank uh, longboat.bandcamp.com and uh yeah well um have a have a great super bowl sunday and um uh like i always say um if you don't like this tune i have others thanks again bye bye <laughs>